Hey y'all, I'm Melanie. And I'm Jason. And you're listening to the Old North State Podcast. We're bringing you on a deep dive into all things North Carolina. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Good morning. And good afternoon again. Yeah. First few minutes of our recording got a little wonky. I don't know what happened. It didn't record. (laughs) I don't know either. But we're going to play what, you know, the entire episode really minus the first two minutes. It's just going to, you know, start in the middle of the conversation. And we did not want y'all to feel like you lost your minds or anything like that. But without. Yeah, we were talking about uh, the book that we mentioned last week. Jason accidentally got the name wrong. And uh, that's why you say Stephanie Burt Williams. Yeah. Randomly, so. <laughs> and now you're filled in. Enjoy yeah. the episode. Yes, enjoy. Black. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyways, tell us about some counties while I Google something real quick. <laughs> um, our next county that we will be uh, telling you where the name came from is Ash County. And Ash County is in the very very northwest corner of North Carolina, just uh, touching Tennessee, I think West Virginia and Virginia. I could be wrong. Um, up in that up in that area. And it is yeah. named after Samuel Ash, who is a revolutionary patriot, superior court judge, and governor of North Carolina. Do you think Asheville's named after him too? Maybe. Who knows? Um, I was right. Stephanie Burke okay. Williams. I was so close to saying it again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we also want to mention um, Chesley Christ, who is was the um, 2019 Miss USA. She uh, tragically died by suicide earlier this week. So we just want to um, take a moment to remind people that... If you are someone who struggles with your mental health, there is always there are always people that you can talk to. Getting therapy is so easy now; you can like do it on an app on your phone. Um, please reach out, and if you have a friend who suffers from depression or any type of mental illness, please check in on them. I guarantee you, it you will not regret it, and they probably might need the help they might not but at, in the end you you asked if they're okay and you know it's something that you probably will not regret if anything were to ever happen god forbid so just think about uh chesley and her family sometime this week when you get a chance give her family your t's and p's um she's very young very beautiful very brilliant young woman so we just wanted to mention that. And she was a charlatan, which is why we're talking about it. Yeah, North Carolina lost a good one. Yes. Speaking but, of another good one that we lost. Yeah, so <laughs> what is this week's episode about? You're talking about fashion icon Andre Leon Talley. Nice. Yep. Yep. Um, and ironically, I am using my Durham Women Take No Bull. There you go. Mug. Mug. Did you say you're wearing? Um, I'm not sure what I said. (laughs) All right. Without (laughs) further ado, 
I'm drinking out of my Durham Women Take No Bull mug. <laughs> Good. You could have said that. I don't know. Anyways. I don't know what I said. So, Andre Leon Talley was born October 16th, 1948 to parents Alma Ruth Davis and William Carroll Talley. Alma was from Durham and William from Roxborough. The couple met at a party in 1947 and married at a minister's house in Washington, D.C., where they had moved in hopes of finding a better life. When Andre was two months old, he was sent to live with his grandmother, Beanie Francis Davis, in Durham on the corner of Cornell Street and Moorhead Avenue. Benny. Benny. Benny and the Jets. Benny worked as a maid cleaning the men's dorm room at Duke University five days a week. She, terrible, terrible job. She was a widow and right. had raised four children of her own after having lost two during childbirth. I wonder if it was uh, Trinity at that time. Instead of Duke. Um, I always forget when the name changed. Uh, so. I'll Google it. Benny taught Andre to appreciate the simple luxuries. Their house was small and modest, but always sparkling clean. Right down to the bed linens that she and Andre's great-grandmother, China, would spend hours washing, pressing, and ironing in their backyard. She also taught him to appreciate the little things like cardinals outside his bedroom window or receiving fresh tomatoes from the hands of a relative. Those are like two very interesting things to mention. It was in um, his uh, it was in his memoir ALT, so that's why I said that. Well, no, I just think it's awesome because we freak out when there's cardinals outside. Yeah, um, I was freaking out yesterday because there was. I usually see him in the backyard, and there was one in the front yard yesterday. <laughs> What did, you, what did you name the cardinals in our backyard? I named them Roy and Wanda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and if anybody's wondering, Duke University changed their name in 1924. Ah, okay. So it was Duke University. Yeah. Um, and then also I enjoy receiving fresh tomatoes. Um, something that I can't say happened today. I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> I wrote it down and everything, and I just completely forgot because I got so distracted by the salads. <laughs> you could have told me – those are the worst salads. But you could have told me supply and chain issues, and I would have believed you. I'm so, sorry. But thank you for being honest. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Call me out. Um, Andre's parents divorced when he was nine years old. His father would often give him extravagant gifts, not knowing how to express his love in words. These gifts often made Andre a target to kids in his neighborhood. One Christmas, Andre was given a new set of clothes, including a jacket, trousers, and spurs. He was invited to play cowboys and Indians by his friends, who had dug a hole, filled it with mud, and then covered it up with twigs. The friends were the Indians and Andre the cowboy, you know, the spurs. Yeah. (laughs) He chased them down a path, and he fell in the hole, nearly ruining his pants. After he washed them, he folded them up and never wore them again. How sad is that? What a terrible flashback that absolutely right? shows his character. He, he said that um, he did say that like he remained on good terms with those friends even like up until you know he was an adult and he saw one of them randomly in the airport in Paris. Huh? It's crazy like, always seeing people yeah. in the airport. <laughs> right. That's you know, boys will be boys. Half of childhood relationships are kind of just making fun of each other. Yeah, that's true. I guess for guys, I don't know. So Andre was a quiet student who loved books and reading. When he would visit his father in Washington, DC some weekends, they would often go to the Library of Congress. He discovered Vogue magazine at the age of eight or nine at his local library and realized he really liked the fashion pages, which at the time did not have photographs but only sketches of the latest styles. 
On Sundays after church, he would walk across the town to Duke to buy a stack of magazines to read about clothes, music, and people. Um, speaking of Duke, the Carolina Duke game's coming up. Yeah, it's um, this comes out Friday, so that yeah. means that it is tomorrow at six o'clock. Look for us on TV because we'll be there. Um, yeah. Hopefully it goes well. That's the tea. That's the tea. <laughs> I'm not it, expecting it to go well. You never know. <laughs> we were asked at last week's game, and that went very well. Yeah, that's so, true. You know. Anyway. MJ was gracing us. Us specifically. So, in high school, at Hillside High, Andre became the student librarian. He liked school, and he took his education seriously, but he found he wanted more. Books and magazines gave Andre an outlet to learn about the world outside of Durham, which was still very much experiencing racism and Jim Crow. On his trips across Duke's campus to get magazines, he would often get stoned and tormented by rich white students. Andre became obsessed with France and the escape the country would, could possibly provide him. So, in 1966, Andre graduated from Hillside and went to North Carolina Central University. In 1970, he received a bachelor's degree in French literature. He dabbled with the idea of becoming a French teacher, but he still wanted more, something bigger. During the summers, Andre would travel to Washington, D.C., where he lived with his father and worked as a park ranger at places like Lincoln Memorial and at the Fort Washington, where he taught visitors about the enslaved people who built it. His father worked two jobs as a printing press operated during the day, and a taxi driver at night to help support Andre and his schooling. His last year of college, Andre applied to Brown's uni Brown University's French PhD program, and to his surprise, not only was he accepted, but he received a full scholarship. He would go on to earn a master's degree in French literature, writing his thesis on the role of North, North African women in the works of poet Charles Baudelaire and painter Eugène Delacroix. At Brown, he participated in an exchange program with the Rhode Island School of Design, where he began writing a small gossip and a fashion column for their newspaper. He wrote about the adventures he had with some of his friends, who were known to throw lavish dinner parties. Yeah, in his memoir, ALT, he went on for like three pages about some of the dinner parties that his friends would throw and some of the things that like they would do. I was like, this is, this is kind of crazy, but... Crazy. How so? Just Do you have any examples? Drugs and alcohol. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll? Yeah, but just imagine, like, people in Rhode Island doing that. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> so. <laughs> I guess you just mean, like, design students? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I guess. I was like, have you ever met anyone but from like, Rhode Island? But, like, rich, like rich people. Because, like, all of them are, like, super rich. Mm -hmm, mm hmm So just, like. Gossip girl in Rhode know, Island. Yes. 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 That's exactly it. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. There you go. <laughs> God, that was hard. I can't think of a single person that you would possibly know from Rhode Island. Amy Bruni. I don't know her personally. There you go. But she lives there. Yeah, she's from California. So? According to her book. Anyway, one day, Andre decided to write a letter to Carrie Donovan, then editor of Vogue magazine. He wrote asking about Pat Cleveland, who was the first black supermodel and whom Carrie had helped shape her career. Not knowing who Andre was, Carrie wrote him back. He was so thrilled he kept and framed the note. 
While visiting some of his Rhode Island School of Design friends living in Manhattan, he had the opportunity to attend the Cody Awards. He saw Carrie Donovan and introduced himself. Not only did she remember him, but she insisted he accompany her to the after party. At this party, he saw every who's who of the fashion world and was absolutely enamored. So he saw people like Andy Warhol. Carilla DeVille. Yeah. Exactly. Anne Hathaway from that movie <laughs> that one time. <laughs> yeah. Zoolander. Zoolander. Will Ferrell in the movie mm -hmm. Zoolander. These are the only fashion people I know. George Costanza, fashion hands model. That's right. I forgot mm -hmm. he was a hand model. So in 1974, Andre landed the opportunity that would set his career off. Through friends, he was able to secure a volunteer opportunity at the New York Metropolitan Museum of Art in the Costume Institute under Diana Vreeland. Diana was a French-American fashion columnist who worked at Harper's Bazaar and as editor-in-chief at Vogue. Diana was immediately impressed by Andre's work after he styled a chainmail bikini on a model, and they became lifelong friends up until her death in 1989. Knowing that the museum did not have the budget to hire Andre full-time, Diana sent recommendations to many of her colleagues. Andre had already been writing from time to time in Small Talk, which was a fashion and society column on the back of Andy Warhol's magazine interview. With Diana's help, Andre was able to land a paying job at interview as a runner, typist, and receptionist, earning $50 a week. It wasn't much, but it allowed him to move out on his own after he spent the last few years sleeping on the floor of his friend's apartment. Going back a, a spell, um, speaking of chainmail bikinis, um, <laughs> latest episode of The Book of Boba Fett, very good. Yes, <laughs> very good. That's all I have to say Checked about that. Check all the boxes except for the Boba Fett box. <laughs> you know, I keep seeing this joke online that a lot of people were mad that Boba Fett was such like a lively character after only seeing him, you know, in the background nodding or cocking his yeah. gun or something. Well, past two episodes, all he's done is yep. nod and point his gun at places. So mm -hmm. back to his roots. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking about? Fashion. Within a, within, <laughs> within a month of working at Interview, Andre was promoted to fashion editor, and in August of that year, he became the accessories marketing editor at Women's Wear Daily. He worked at WWD from 1975 until 1980. Sorry, I paused because I was trying to figure out if I said WWD. And Instead of Walt Disney World? Yeah. <laughs> really? Because that's what I was thinking. I was, I was about to say... Walt Wisney Durrell. <laughs> yeah. So, so he worked there from 1975 until 1980, becoming their Paris Bureau in Chief. His first big assignment in Paris in January of 1978 was to file a report on the Yves Saint Laurent Couture collection that uh, Laurent called the Porgy and Best collection. I don't know how to properly say it, so that's why I'm no, saying that's it how like you say that. it. Is it? Yeah, and, and the reason I know that. Um, is because when I transferred to UNCW, I got the the email with my roommates' names on it. Yeah. And you know, I was transferring from a Christian university, knowing that my like college experience was about to be a little different. <laughs> um, and there I see, you know, going to be my roommate, Lauren T. <laughs> and I was like, no, like I know I'm living in an apartment style where I'm not sharing a room with anyone, but like, would I have a share a common room with a woman? Huh. Turns out he was just French. Mm. His name was Laurent. 
Like croissant. Exactly. He did make me crepes. Nice. Um, that was nice. Brought me to some French parties. That was nice. That was cool. I went to France once. Oh yeah. Yeah, I um, like I guess at the hotel we were staying at or something like that. They, like the silverware was still dirty, and I was like, "Can I? Can I please have a new fork? Like this one's dirty." And the waiter got so mad at me. That's just the French. That, but like there were like huge pieces of food still on this fork. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just like, I just please want another fork. And then he brought me another one. It was still dirty. So I just ate with a spoon. I huh. ate a ham sandwich with a freaking spoon. Why did you need to eat a sandwich with you? Uh, no, 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 no. It was, um, in the it first was, place. It, it, I think it was Cordon Bleu. Okay. So I had to eat it with a spoon. Next thing you're going to tell me is that, uh, you need a knife for your butterfinger. My Snickers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so Andre's mentor, Diana Vreeland, wrote him a note praising him for the article, and Andre knew that he had made it. During those years, Andre rarely went home to visit his grandmother. He considered his life to be a, world, quote, whirlwind of activity, constantly traveling between New York City and Paris. When he was able to come home to Durham, he considered the trips to be a good grounding experience for himself and to remind him of where he came from and what was most important to him. Andre moved back to New York in 1980 and says he felt lucky to have found a place where he finally fit in. Not to keep getting off topic, but you recently, um, last weekend, went back to Durham. You did. It went down a few roads that you oh, yeah, we did. expressed had uh, you had not been in back in a while. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit about your experience in Durham <laughs> and the neighborhoods and you know the where you have seen them? Either rise or fall to. Um, shout out to Durham. Uh, they also have a purple light problem, and I'm here for it. Purple light solution. That's true. For those um, who don't know what we're talking about, Duke Energy sold a bunch of light bulbs to the state, and they're all defective. So one by one, they turning are turning purple. instead of the the white. You know, it's turning like a very, 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 very purple color. Yeah, it's awesome because purple is my favorite color. Yeah, I love it. Um, some people out there are claiming that they activate the vaccines. Um, others claim that there's just a defect and because Duke Energy probably cut some corners, but probably they're here to stay unless you tell the city about them in which they will replace them. In which I will, um, shun you from society. Snitches get stitches. Um, but back to what you're talking about. (laughs) We went down Roxborough Road, which is, I have not been down Roxborough Road in eons got to see where i was born got to see the walmart that's no longer there um we went to high wire brewing yeah which was actually really nice it's like an old mill that is now i guess adaptive reuse there's a brewery pizza place a deli in it and it looks like office spaces but i couldn't read the sign yeah it was really awesome um i don't think i'd ever been in that part of durham because when I was growing up, there were just places you don't go. Um, and yeah, Do you feel like it was a grounding experience? I do feel like it was a grounding experience. So it reminds experience. you where you came from? I do. And what was most important to you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We passed um, – there used to be a Schlotsky's Deli on Roxborough Road. <laughs> we used to have like a class night where like people – We'd have different competitions with other classes and like whoever had the most people from their class go to Schlotsky's Deli and 
get food would win like free food. Yeah, good times. The story was even better the second time. Yeah, it's a great story. <laughs> so uh, back in New York, Andre worked for the New York Times, Ebony Magazine, and other publications before finally landing at Vogue, where he worked as the fashion news director from 1983 until 1987. In 1988, he became Vogue's first African-American male creative director, his flamboyant tastes and deep fashion knowledge caught the eye of Anna Winter, who became Vogue's editor at the end of 1988. Andre became Anna's advisor in the more romantic, less corporate world of fashion, and he even advised some of her Met Gala outfits. Andre and Anna got along, but were often considered frenemies, especially after his 2018 book. Um, Frenemy, such a fun word. Yeah. The mixture of friend and enemy for mm -hmm. those who are not plugged into, uh, you know, the universe, youth culture. Um, so when Andre moved back to New York, he and Diana Vreeland spent more and more time together, becoming very, very close up until her death, like we mentioned before. He even began reading to her when she started losing her eyesight. Um, Andre's grandmother, Benny, and Diana Freeland both died in 1989. The two women had both been ill for some time, and Andre said that their deaths broke his heart. Andre inherited Benny's house and said going there was one of his favorite places, even after her death. He said, quote, it reminds me of her goodness and the way she helped shape me to become the complex person I am, end quote. Benny and Diana are the two women who had the biggest impact on Andre's life. In 1955, Andre left his role, 1955, 1995, Andre left his role at Vogue, but remained a contributing editor and moved to Paris to work for W Magazine. In 1998, he once again returned to Vogue as the editor-at-large, a position he held until 2013. In 2001, the Savannah College of Art and Design honored Andre, uh, Andre, Andre with the school's first Lifetime Achievement Award in fashion. He began serving on their board of trustees in 1998, and Andre supported SCAD students regularly, helping them secure internships, full-time jobs in fashion and costume design, and he donated a number of his papers in hopes that his past would help inspire students. In 2008, SCAD gave him an honorary doctorate in humanities, and in 2011, they opened the Andre Leon Talley Gallery. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, he didn't even go to the school, but like, he had such a big impact on them that they named a building after him. He probably, I wonder if he donated money. I'm sure Usually they only do that if they donate money. Yeah. Good for him. For sure. Giving back. Yeah. In the 2000s, Andre was all over the place and received numerous recognitions and awards. Between March 2010 and December 2011, he served as a judge on America's Next Top Model, which is how I got introduced to him because I loved America's Next Top Model. Oh, I just assumed you guys were neighbors. No, I, I loved just, that I'm show. Just okay. <laughs> I loved that show. Um, so he served as the international editor of Numero Russia from 2013 to 2014, but resigned after 12 issues due to Russia's anti-LGBTQ laws. Good for him. Yeah. In 2014, he was named the artistic director for Zappos Couture. 
In 2020, he was awarded the... You got this. Stay with me. Chevalier. <laughs> you got it. It's the tip of your tongue. Delord. I think that's it. Des Arts. It's Des Letters from France. It's some... Uh, some, some. You forgot to say, oh, you know. Every French word has a oh in there. Letters. Just a oh. Okay, well, that's why I can't learn foreign languages. Can't wait to hear what that sounds like uh, when we play this back. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Most recently, in 2021, Andre was awarded with the North Carolina Award for Literature, which is essentially North Carolina's Nobel Prize, and is also the highest award bestowed upon citizens. I was this close to saying, oh, that was this year. Right. But it is not 2021 anymore. Honestly... <laughs> I had a come to Jesus moment with myself today at work because I, I had to like force myself to realize that 2021 happened and it is now 2022. Yeah, 2021 did in fact happen. And that 2020 also happened. Blink and you missed it. Yes. <laughs> so one of Andre's legacies was his passion for a more diversity in fashion, often being the only black man on the front row at fashion shows. He pushed top designers to feature more African-American models. He also mentored models like Naomi Campbell, even casting her as Scarlett O'Hara in a Vanity Fair shoot that reimagined Gone with the Wind. He helped the careers of minority designers when he styled celebrities like that of Taiwanese-Canadian designer Jason Wu, who designed Michelle Obama's 2008 inaugural gown. Strong name. Strong name. You know what he also did? He styled Melania Trump for her wedding. I don't care, do you? No, I don't. Get it? I do. Get it? <laughs> I do get it. Andre still attended church in his later years, which was very important to his grandmother. The church he attended with his grandmother every Sunday growing up was Mount Sinai Church, which was founded during Reconstruction by former enslaved people who were granted land by white citizens in Orange County. Descendants of that church are still members today. In his memoir, he considered church to be one of his most formative experiences of his life, and that continued to be the foundation he needed up until his death. He was a fixture at the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem, where he would often bring other celebrity friends like Mariah Carey. He just knew everybody. So by 2018, the tables had turned on Andre's success. He was living alone, he was broke, and he was facing eviction from his White Plains mansion. He stopped talking to nearly all of his fancy friends. He found out that he had been fired as Vogue's Met Gala red carpet interviewer and had been replaced by a YouTube star. He had been cast out by the fashion industry for being too poor, too old, too overweight, and too uncool. Andre died on January 18th, 2022 from complications of a heart attack and COVID-19. Andre's image will always be synonymous with capes and caftans, which were his signature items. He will always be that larger-than-life personality in the fashion archives, which he rightfully earned after six decades in the industry. And in his memoir, he wrote, quote, to my 12-year-old self, raised in the segregated South, the idea of a black man playing any kind of role in this world seemed an impossibility. 
to think where I've come from, where we've come from in my lifetime, and where we are today is amazing. And yet, of course, we still have so far to go. End quote. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Next time you see a cape, think of Andre Leon Talley. A fashion cape, not a superhero cape. Unless you want to. My mind instantly went to Darth Vader. Did it really? Mine was just Superman. Dualty of man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought this was a fun story. Absolutely. And it's... Um, Another North Carolina icon. North Carolina icon. And he recently passed away. Yeah, very recently. What, like two weeks ago? Two, Yeah, two or three weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So... I hope you all learned something. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Um, in other news... Yeah, I was going to... Go ahead. This... Next. Next. Yeah. Not tomorrow, but next Saturday, the 12th of February, 2022, <laughs> 6 o'clock at Bart Smart. 6 o'clock. Our favorite bottle shop in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We are having another live show... We haven't had one for a minute. Last one was the, the Friday the 13th debacle. <laughs> when was that? When was Friday the 13th? Was that in August? I think so. It was before October. Good Lord. I know. Um, the one before that was a year ago. It was in January. I thought it was in February. Beats me. Whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> Anyways, so we're having another another live show with our friends over at the Hex Files podcast. We're going to be doing a live recording in which we talk about a story that you, our listeners, are familiar with. It's because we did it last week. It was the Battle of Cowan's Ford and the Ghost Rider of Hopewell. We're My be... close personal friend. Exactly. Um, we went out on the anniversary we drove around looking for him, and then a little bit before that, we spent some time in the cemetery, did some pretty spooky ghost show type stuff, um, and now next Saturday, we are going to share with the community the story, in case they're not listening to the, our podcast, as well as talk a little bit about ghost hunting, talk a little bit about the lore of the Ghost Rider, and uh, try to get some people interested in Charlotte history. Because that's uh, the goal of Spooky CLT, our Instagram account. Yeah, what you said. Yeah. Um, so come out, come see us, or don't. I don't care. <laughs> you know, the reason we we called the the last show a debacle is because so so many people came to Petty Steve to Thieves Brewery that no one could hear us. Yeah. The, the head brew guy said that he had never seen that many people there, even though it was a Friday. It was Friday the 13th. Um, we still packed the place over capacity. No one could hear us. Yeah. Um, and while that's great, the reason we do these shows in, in breweries and stuff is to get local business. business. Um, but we also want to be able to record the episode, share it with y'all, as well as you know being able to have a more intimate discussion while people were there. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Anything else from you? No. Cool. We'll see y'all next week where we talk about another icon. Yes. We stand. Goodbye. It's not stopping. 
Sources for today's episode can be found on our website at anchor.fm slash Old North State Pod. If you want to send us a topic suggestion, a funny story, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at oldnorthstatepod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Old North State Pod. Cheers, y'all.